0: Guys, how's it going?
1: Is that a trick, yo-yo? Why isn't my yo-yo coming back up? Can you walk the dog? (laughs) The offset yo-yo podcast.
0: Hmm. Yeah, I have like so many questions off the back of like everything you just said. Um I think one thing going back to Johnny Devalley, I remember there was this video you guys uploaded, and it was uh, I think it was like <laughs> the yo-yo yeah. jam training video. Yep. And yeah, just when you were saying that, like he was the yin to your yang, I remember looking at that video, and you see these two guys that are like the powerhouses of yo-yoing, as, as 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 certainly as I knew it, and then you have like this very relaxed, slack. Te- technical kind of style, whereas Johnny DiValli is like crunching through these intricate, like, herky-jerky mounts. And I just remember thinking to myself, like, there are two ways you can go about this. Um... (laughs) And something great. else that you were saying before actually was, you know, John had a very, um, interesting setup for the hitman. You know, he put in concave bearings and put in shims. And this is something I've actually wanted to ask you for a really long time is, and it's funny as I was doing a bit of research for this, I looked on the forums and there was a guy that was like, what does Andre Boulay's dark magic setup actually look like? And then one of the guys trolled him and he said, um, he puts a drop of unicorn blood in the bearing coats the metal with plutonium and sets up his caps with magic so i just really wanted to come and take the time and be like what was your setup for the dark magic was it
2: stock
1: it. No, um so <laughs> was there unicorn it's, it's blood? interesting uh, it's a it's a good question. So, I mean, there were two iterations of Dark Magic. There was the first one and the second one, mm. and so the first one um, was hybrid response, um, meaning that you know one side was a starburst and one side had just a standard O ring. Mm. And so the way I would use that um, and, and yo-yo jam yo-yos at the time were all adjustable gap, hmm. um, which meant that the tighter the gap was, the more responsive it was and the looser, the less responsive, obviously. So <laughs> I kind of missed that, to be honest. I, I, I really liked having yeah. a bit of play in how responsive uh, well, a yo-yo I, is. Totally. I, I took a huge amount of advantage out of that because when I was teaching, I could just turn my yo-yo and basically make it, responsive or unresponsive on a whim, um, especially with a stock bearing standard flat bearing. Mm. Um, and so, you know, it was, it was definitely like the way for me, um, the way to go was flat bearing, (laughs) which is so silly. Um, but for a very long time flat bearing and uh, over time, as everyone else around me started playing more and more unresponsive and, you know, as tricks came out where, um, for example, like Brent stole, Mm. Um, stuff like that. Um, you know, that trick takes a very unresponsive yo-yo because there's a jerky motion. Um, you can still do it with a responsive yo-yo, but you have to be very smooth. And so as I learned more of those tricks, it became more important. My yo-yo was unresponsive. So I did end up using a concave bearing quite often. Um, but I would not use shims because shims would make the gap way too wide for me. Um, so my, my trick was with the original dark magic was a concave bearing with a completely tight gap, um, because the concave bearing would make the string centered so I could still keep it, you know, spinning for a really long time, Mm. but it would still come back to my hand, like almost effortlessly. Mm. And it was kind of, for me, the best of both worlds It would spin a really long time be really smooth, but still snap back just the way I liked it. So, and then did you use
0: a ceramic bearing or did you use a stainless steel one? What, what concave bearing did you like? I'm sure it was Diffio, but what, what kind?
1: Um, I wasn't picky there. Um, you know, I didn't, (laughs) I think with the ceramics, I, if I had a ceramic, I would use it. Um, but I also, I mean, I've always been pretty non-picky in what I put in my yo-yos for the most part. I can always kind of throw on whatever somebody puts in my hand pretty well. Mm. Um, So it was generally stainless steel. Ceramic and stainless steel are honestly really similar. Mm. Um, Unless you're doing like Johnny would go with ceramic because he needed extra long spin time for extra long technical kind of spin or whatever. I was always much bigger into like fast regeneration, you know, kind of stuff. So just a, a standard stainless steel was good for me um but if i (laughs) if i splurged on a ceramic i definitely had ceramics for a while that i would use too okay
0: okay that's super interesting um and when you were doing i i got i kind of want to dig into this properly a little bit later but when you were doing the expert village tutorials what was that setup was that just a stock (laughs) bearing or was that um
1: so good question um I'd have to go back and look. I honestly can't remember what would have been set up in that. I feel like it was a concave bearing with a tight gap. Mm, okay. I'm pretty confident if I went back and looked at the gap that that was in there. Mm. Um, it could have easily been a flat bearing too. But I I have a faint memory at that point at least. Um, that's what I would have been thrown so
0: yeah just the reason i'm asking that is because i remember as a beginner yo-yo player i would like watch you do tutorials and like look at your yo-yo as it spun and spun and spun and mine would die every like 10 seconds and i'm like he's cheating somehow there
1: is something in his (laughs) yo-yo that makes
0: it different to my (laughs) dark magic
2: (laughs) yeah i mean
1: you know i it's kind of i've always been lucky in that sense i can i can take any yo-yo and kind of like it's it's funny we we currently at the yo-yo classes we teach on the Spin Star from Yo-Yo Factory, mm. which is a, a transaxle yo-yo, plastic um, plastic sleeve at the at the core, mm. and I can do a lot of string tricks with that yo-yo, and I can throw a trapeze and keep it spinning on the string, you know, nearly as long as most of the kids on a bare yo-yo, and so yeah. they watch me and they're just like, how <laughs> are you doing that? Um, but, you know, when you grow up learning on um, the yo-yo, so we learned on which um, one of my first bearing yo-yos was a team low C cherry bomb, uh, which is a pretty high wall, narrow yo-yo. And if you wanted to be able to do trapeze or double or nothing or any, or, you know, Buddha's revenge or anything that like moved the string, you had to throw so hard. And you had to keep that string so dead center in the gap of the yo-yo um, that that was just how you kept it spinning. And so I just learned from the very beginning. And again, uh, teaching kids how to throw yo-yos, I understood the importance of all those small little nuances Mm. where it's like, look, if you want to keep this spinning, you know, as long as you can, you need to keep the string so dead center and you really need to snap your wrist. Mm. Um, And so for me, it was that's just kind of how I threw the other thing I was really big into at the time. And again, uh, John Tavallier kind of introduced them initially and got everyone excited about was grinds, you know, (laughs) grinds were something everyone was really getting into Mm. and in order to do a grind really well and effectively, you really have to throw, you know, you really have to snap your wrist, get some power to it. And so from the beginning, like I would practice grinds and I would, I would really hook that thing. I would really <laughs> throw. Um, I, I got really good at really snapping and you know, I could, I could do grinds longer than a lot of people could really do them at the time. Mm. And that just bleeds into when you're watching my yo-yo spinning in a tutorial, why it's spinning so long. Mm. Um, it's because I'm throwing so hard <laughs> because <laughs> that's just how I threw. Uh. Um, it's, it's funny, too. It actually it, it unfortunately led into uh, a bit of a, a injury for me um, and was one of the reasons I stopped competing um, because I, I threw so hard and obviously was throwing so regularly at the time. Um, I ended up getting tendonitis in my throw arm. Oh, wow. From throwing? Yeah. Oh gosh. Yeah, from throwing. Um, and I mean, it's hard when you get tendonitis, it's it's just overuse of a tendon Mm. and it was in my elbow. So when I threw, um, and when you, when it hit the snapping motion specifically, um, it would be this. This horrible pain as it Ooh. snapped out. And I remember going to the doctor. They they also kinda like tennis elbow. I guess like tennis players cared a lot <laughs> Yeah, too. I was
0: about to say, like
1: <laughs> Yeah. Um and so they're just like, yeah, I mean, not much you can do besides just stop throwing, you know? And I was like, ah, like, or just don't throw so hard too. And so that was really that was really hard. But um I, I still remember too at the time stacks had just kind of started coming out. Like it was two thousand eight or so in 2000 actually 2006 I guess probably somewhere around there and uh so I was instead of like throwing I would try and pull start and <laughs> and you don't really get nearly as good of a yeah, throw off of so you know it was one of the reasons I stopped competing because in order to practice as much as I needed to practice I would just Screw up my arm, and then I couldn't even throw for weeks. Gosh. And I was still teaching at the store, and yeah. I had to teach because that was my job. So I really had to kind of like limit myself and try and balance it out. And so it just kind of turned to was. But anyways, long story short, yeah, I I can throw very well, and I can mm. most yo-yos you put in my hand, I can uh do whatever trick can be done. I love a good challenge, you know. <laughs> Let's see if we can do whatever trick this is on this very difficult yo-yo to do it on.
2: <laughs> yeah,
0: that's that's something a skill that I think um the new generation just kind of lacks. Um one question I really want to ask you about is the Yo-Yo Jam Legacy. The Legacy mm-hmm. was my first yo-yo and oh neat. It was it was literally like the first, and in in a lot of ways, it was um it was actually the inspiration for the the variant um a, a plastic yo that I've kind of worked with as well. But um I'm
1: a I'm a I'm a big fan of the variant. <laughs>
0: <laughs> um, but yeah, no, and I just remember like me like walking up to you in Tokyo with a marker and being like, "Can you sign my legacy?" Was just this anyway, this crazy moment where it's like, "This was my first yo yo. <laughs> this was the guy who designed it. And this is the guy who taught me." It was a very anyway. How did that yo-yo come to, come to be?
1: So, you know, the dark magic had had a lot of success. Um, and we, you know, plastic, full plastic yo-yos were always something that once you got a really good yo-yo working, the idea of being able to put more yo-yos in more people's hands, uh, just gets more exciting, you know? And I've always been a big fan of plastic yo yo's in general. Um, mm. Like I loved Metal Rim, Dark Magic. That was definitely what I used to love to throw the most. But there's something that's so special about an all plastic yo yo. And especially when it's full plastic body, cause you don't have to worry about if you stash it into the ground, um, you know, it's just kind of all around, you know, and it's cheaper so people can buy more. Exactly. Um, and so people can own a couple different colors of them. They can sometimes be more collectible. They're more engaging. They're just more approachable. So it just kind of was always something, that, you know, especially back then. Um, again, Johnny had a, had a version of the Hitman that was all plastic. The Lin Fury, Yeah, right? you know, the Lin Fury, yeah. Mm. And uh, Hiroyuki Suzuki, uh, which was the speeder. Um, he had a yo-yo called the Speed Maker that was all plastic.
0: Yeah, and, and I, so, I have all those yo-yos know, and still have them to this day.
1: <laughs> yeah, um, I mean, they're all great. I yeah. mean, so, so, you know, for me, initially, I didn't actually want anything to do with anything that wasn't Dark Magic because I was very happy teaching on Dark Magic. Mm. um you know too, like people were buying dark magic to learn on and that to me was great that worked you know and over time eventually we hit a point where i was like you know what this this is a natural progression and it would be really fun to see what we could make mm. and so we took we took a different approach um and at the time yo-yo jam was trying to find like innovative ways to make plastic goes that could play more like a metal rim yo-yo but mm. still be priced closer to plastic. Mm. And what they did was they found these washers um, yeah. that were pretty cheap. But, you know, so if you pull off the cap of what mm. is the legacy, which, again, yep. no longer in production. I'm um, so beefy, sad about that. <laughs> I know it's, it's got this beefy, beefy metal washer under the cap um, that they pressed into the yo-yo and remarkably that yo-yo spun really true um mm, with mm. this really not <laughs> precision made washer you know these were stamped out of metal they were oh so not they the weren't even thickness. precise oh well i mean as precise as a washer needs to be um okay. <laughs> which is not precision yeah. yo-yos usually need you know exactly I yeah saw there- there was like, there was a flat side and a rounded side. If you look at the washer and it was really important that you put the rounded side down, face down, um, when you press them into, and I remember like they had a run where like somebody had pressed them in backwards. And so those were wobbling. <laughs> um, and again, yeah, I mean, it wasn't, <laughs> they were meant to go in between things that screwed together <laughs> to prevent, you know, things getting stuck or, you know, whatever, like a washer does. Yeah. So But yeah, no, they weren't, they weren't, they were not precision made. It just kind of, they worked. Yeah. Um, and and the yo-yo we made, you know, yeah, we made the yo-yo thin enough, I think. And, and maximized where we put the weight in the plastic that it worked. So, Mm. and the yo-yo was amazing.
0: It was, it, it spun for a really long time and it was really stable. And I, um, I couldn't, so by the time I got kind of good enough to kind of do my own freestyles, um, I I had a a big kind of collection of yo-yos. So I had like the eight eight eight. You know, I had a dark magic oh, as nice. well. I had yeah. um, you know, I had you know yo-yos from all price ranges, and I also had you know the Lin Fury, the Speed Maker, Atmosphere, New Breed, all of it. Um, but I couldn't. I couldn't comfortably use anything but the legacy because there was this stability to it. So if you ever like look at my very first um, performance at like a talent show, I'm using this, this blue legacy because it's the only yo-yo that's, that's stable enough to kind of handle everything. Uh,
1: you'll have to, you'll have to put a link in the, in the
0: yeah, show notes. In the, in the show notes. <laughs> and it's amazing. I didn't know that the washers were made so imprecisely. I'm like, Oh, you know, they probably machine these like a rim or something and then pressed it in i didn't know he's just like just chucking it in so yeah that's super insightful um okay so i i guess we're kind of like running out of time but i would (laughs) love to talk to you about expert village and how because i've i did a bit of digging and i the, the way i understand it right now is you were studying neuroscience at the time and were feeling pretty mm-hmm. burned out and mm-hmm, how mm-hmm. could you just go through the whole story of expert village and how yeah, that so, birthed yo you expert um, as we know it
1: yeah yeah good good question. So I uh I guess it was towards the end of college for me. Um, I was still teaching it at the store quite a bit, doing yo-yos and stuff. And I was still working for Yo-Yo Jam. Um, and you know, yo-yoing had definitely taken a bit more of a turn into work. You know, um, I wasn't, I, I wasn't competing. I had stopped competing because of the tendonitis. Um, and I was also running Yo-Yo Jam's team. So it did start feeling weird for me to compete against people that I was putting on a team. And Yo-Yo Jam, Yo-Yo Jam at the time had the best, the world's best competition team. We had all the world champions on our team. We were the team that anybody who was anybody wanted to be part of kind of thing. And so it was a lot of pressure to kind of keep that going. And so to me, it just felt like the professional thing to do was kind of remove myself from a competitor standpoint. So I could focus on presenting the team properly and stuff. And so it just turned into a bit of a burnout uh, to a certain extent. So I definitely was looking at yo-yo and more like work and less like this fun, playful thing or whatever. Um, but it wasn't a bad thing. It just was what it was at the time. Um, and yeah, I was in college. I was going to school for neuroscience. I was, um, I was doing a bachelor's degree. It was psychology and biology. Um, but in a neuroscience program that eventually led me into a master's program for neuroscience track, um, which I didn't progress through and finish and stuff too. Um, but the, the expert village thing came about, um, so expert village was a website that was focused on teaching people how to do things. Didn't matter what it was. Um, it was, again, it was slightly before YouTube. Um, I think YouTube was probably a thing at the time. Um, but it wasn't like the winner yet. You know, um, it was just another platform out there for watching videos. And so Expert Village's goal was to create this database of anything and everything. And they were hoping to probably sell it to Google or whatever once they created it. So they were hiring anybody who was a videographer living in an area to find someone that could do a skill and teach it. Didn't matter what that skill was. So it could have been like how to blow dry your hair like this or how to juggle or, you know, how to yo-yo. and. I think they reached out to John Higby first. Um, it was a group of people that lived out in our area. It was about an hour drive from where I am, Montague, out here in Massachusetts. And I think they reached out to John first. And he was like, Well, I don't usually teach, um, but I know there's this guy named Andre who does, you know, over the store, at the store or whatever. So they reached out to me and we're meeting with them, talking about it. And at the time, it was like they didn't really pay you much. Um, it was, what was it? I think it was $30 for every 15 videos. Oh, wow. Um, okay. Yeah. And the, their goal was to, they didn't care too much about the quality. They just wanted to knock out as many videos Whoa. as possible because to them, they got paid by video. So the more videos they produced, the more money they made. And so as long as we shot it, and it looked okay it was good so the first time we shot i want to say we did six to eight sessions and each session was 15 tricks or at least 15 videos because i had to break some of them into two to three parts mm. like spirit bomb um stuff like that i would break yeah. up white buddha yeah. and so when we <laughs> shot them um they were all all literally one takes um, that in, is in much insane. the way my, Gosh, my, my, much the way my voice is probably starting to go in this podcast episode because I'm I'm overtaking and talking as much as I am. Sorry. Um, no, no. But great. my, you can hear my voice progress as you get to the tricks and it gets drier and raspier <laughs> um, because we shot we shot like yeah. I'll, probably not hundred, but we did shoot. Then I think it was like 90 videos. I think it was 90 videos total. And I'm pretty sure every single video was one take just, just all works because I was teaching at the store so much. I knew how to teach the tricks in and out. Um, and I didn't really, you, you know, if you watch the videos, I make mistakes constantly. Um, but that's also how I taught at the store. Mm. I would make mistakes and I would talk through the mistake while I was doing it. And sometimes the mistake that I made, was a way to showcase, you know, how to do something better or whatever. And I would try and build off that. And again, it was just kind of their workflow. So I remember shooting all those anyways and coming out of that and thinking, well, no one's going to learn off those. It's <laughs> like, they're no good. And, like, I just didn't think they were going to be anywhere near the quality um, or the understanding that people needed to learn yoga tricks. It just was, probably wasn't going to be it. So, you know, the videos went out there. We actually, eventually, probably six months later, got together and shot a second series, um, which is the we did a different division. So, two A, Mm. a two A series, a four A series, a five A series. I never shot a three A series because. 3A has never really been my forte out of mm. all the divisions. I can do every other division fairly well, but not 3A. Mm. And so we did that. And I also shot some more advanced tricks at the time too. I think mm. I think that's when I I think even up through Superman or something like that. I can't remember. Mm. So again, the videos went out there. Cause even at the time, I don't think many people were learning from this first series of videos yet because it was just the internet was new. Nobody was really on it yet, learning yo-yo tricks and Expert Village is out there. I was still working for Yo-Yo Jam. And over time, I would just start getting emails from people more often um, <laughs> telling me, hey, I just wanna let you know I'm learning from your videos. I have this question about this trick. You know, it was very natural. People would be constantly asking me about how to do this, how to do that, da-da-da-da-da. And so it kind of naturally grew And to me realizing like, oh, okay, there is a demand for people wanting to learn online. And it was interesting. The first time I sat down to talk to the dude who was going to film me for the Expert Village videos, I met him at a coffee shop (laughs) and we were sitting talking about like, you know, what it was going to be. And he's like, yeah, like the whole idea with this is not really the money because you're not really making much money. It's all about trying to promote what it is you do and you you know i'm like mm. okay i don't really know what i'm gonna promote about myself but okay <laughs> And he's like yeah you should throw a website down and i i got a very good memory of writing master magic that down and then like thinking about it for a minute and going oh, i wish i had a site that was more like a yo-yo site you know <laughs> and i'm like i'm like thinking like man what would be a good name you know and then I saw like, you know, it's expert, you know, yep. man, expert's a great word. Like expert's <laughs> a really good word. Yep. I wonder if like, like yo-yo expert is, is a word that I could register for a domain and like while I'm sitting at the coffee shop, like I Google it and look at it and go, Oh, Hey, that, it's open. So I'm like, okay, register. <laughs> and then throw down yo-yo expert. Um, and I mean, that was a long time ago too. Um, mm. cause I started yo-yo expert in 2008 and I'm pretty sure those videos were 2005. Yeah. Um, so, you know, I own the domain name, but I didn't do anything with it for many years. Um, so eventually again, so the videos went after 2005, 2006, people started learning from them. And by 2007, 2008, I realized, okay, there's a need for not only people learning, um, but people having a central place where information was properly presented and mm. organized um, and that they did have a place to come and ask me questions um, that was a little more straightforward because people would find me in a roundabout way mm. um, through Yo-Yo Jam or through the forums or whatever. Um, but I, I, this was a much easier central place. And um, I had always, again, I was big into tech, always been big into tech and I was always big into community, um, and forums. And I, I used to like just build forums for people constantly. <laughs> wow. Um, because I was always excited about ways to connect with people. And again, this was way before Facebook was yeah, what it is, is today. Um, Twitter was new at the time. I remember having to explain to people what Twitter was on the forum, cause we would have a contest trying to promote. people following us on twitter you know and people like what's twitter and it's like well it's this thing and you know so like it's crazy how early you
0: jumped into everything um just just before you go a little bit further a a question i had is that you when you create because i learned almost exclusively off the expert village tutorials that that's I, I, learned, I didn't learn it off the Expert Village site. I learned it off when they posted it up onto YouTube. Um, yep, yep. But uh, anyway, the, the question still stands. Did you put a lot of time in effort into kind of planning out the curriculum because you explain things in a very sequential logical way so it's like how to string up the yo-yo and then how to it, it it flows very nicely and this thing sounds like you kind of pumped it all out but did you give a thought to the structure and the sequence to when you taught
1: what Oh yeah, huge. So, you know, from the very beginning, um, it goes back to our yo-yo classes. Um, you know, I'm teaching every day. Um, and to me, I always understood the importance of learning one thing before you learn the next thing. and, And that, that it's very true to this day, even with the crazy unresponsive yo-yos that we have. Um, I just finished redesigning like the trick list for A to Z that we use at yoyo school. And I've kind of like redistributed the tricks to refocus on certain things that I think are important. And it's, you know, it, there are certain things. So for example, um, you know, we still teach the basics, you know, a, a sleeper rock the baby. Um, one of the tricks I have on our beginner list right now is stop and go. Um, <laughs> and one of the reasons for that is it does a couple of things, you know, it teaches the brain twister mount before they can do brain twister. Um, but it also, you know, you have to have a really strong throw to do stop uh, and go, yeah. um, you know, and it also teaches you orientation of the yo-yo when you're going to pull the yo-yo back down and stuff like that. Certain things like that, even, mm. um, you know, with rock the baby, Rock the baby is still a very crucial trick because, you know, you have to have a string formation lined up. You have to have a yo-yo spinning in a very quick orientation. You want to bring it up in front of your face. You really want to hold it and watch where it's going. And you want it to, you know, you want it to move in the direction the yo-yo is spinning. And if you focus on the elements and explain all of that, it really builds and helps with the next trick on the, in the list or whatever. And I've always been very focused on like what builds off each other to help you learn best because if you leave certain tricks out and you don't teach them, it makes certain tricks harder when you hit them. Um, and so I've, I've over time, I've kind of figured out at least in my opinion, um, where those holes are and how to try and fill them in. And so, yeah, when we went the expert village stuff for sure. So each session was 15 videos. And so when I built out and laid out like what I would teach, it was exactly how I taught at our classes at the time. Um, of course leaving off the looping stuff. Um, but it was, uh, yeah, I mean those, when I threw together all the tricks that were there, it was, it was the first time someone had organized the tricks in that way because the tricks were out there. Um, but no one had really laid them out in that format. And it was just from me teaching at the classes because We had our three levels, you know, we had three basic levels, which did still include those looping tricks. But then once you got past that, we still had a need um, to teach people even when they were on our demonstration team, what to do next. And so I was still kind of the main teacher. And so I would still have to try and figure out how to teach those people who are getting on our team, how to compete and how to get to the next level. Because again, that was our goal. We wanted to create people who could go and compete and have fun and, and progress. And so it was always in front of me, like how do you get people to that level that you want them to get to? And it's all about, you know, which tricks do you teach first and what builds off each other? so again yeah it was very natural it just kind of came out of what i was already doing so yeah
0: that's that's awesome that you kind of like broke that down because something that i have had trouble with when trying to teach um younger players how to do things is that they lack these necessary kind of prerequisite tricks and then they don't understand the combo i'm trying to teach them because it's based off this other basic combo and it just creates this huge mess. And I was like,
1: yeah. Yeah.
0: If I was just wondering if that was the, the, something you thought about
1: the saddest, the saddest move that's been lost to me is magic drop. Um, oh my Because goodness. nobody, nobody can do magic drop. And it makes me so sad because there are some amazing tricks that if you know, magic drop that you can pull you know, you can do oh with it. Oh my God.
0: I have, uh, this is, <laughs> oh my gosh. So I, I'm passionate about this topic. So <laughs> I, I, as you know, I, I, I use your tutorials and that's where I learned my stuff. But, um, right. something that a lot of people don't really know about me is I am an incredibly slow learner. So what mm-hmm. it takes, and especially when you kind of hang around like the top competitors these guys break down tricks just by looking at them. Like, I'm not like that. Sure. Yep. I, I need someone yep. to break it down for me. Anyway, Magic Drop was just one of those tricks I didn't get. I, I I didn't understand how it worked. I watched the tutorial over and over. I didn't get it. Um, and it took me about two years until I found this video where it was... I can't remember who it was, but this Japanese guy and he just angled his hand in a way mm-hmm, that mm-hmm. you were doing in your video, but I didn't, I didn't see it clearly at the time. And then when I figured out yeah. the way he was angling his hand, I was like... Oh my God. Wait, I figured it out. And I was inspired. (laughs) So I basically, one of the videos I am most proud of on my entire channel is a video called how to do magic drop for dummies. And it's this, (laughs) it's this idea of like, if you've watched Andre's tutorial and still can't do it, watch this one and you just might be able
1: to find it. Awesome. I mean, I have to admit like magic drop, I still am not the best at teaching it. And it's funny because I still remember teaching somebody how to do it and figuring out a way to teach it. That was really good. Mm. And I'm going to have to go watch your video now. <laughs> so I'm very curious what you say. Yeah, um, no, because it's, it, it's, it, 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 it is. It's still a hard trick to teach and it's still a hard trick to learn. Um, but it is one of, there is a core component to it um that is so good if you can learn it that that bleeds into everything else so i mean to me the biggest the biggest thing that has been lost is um or not lost because some people do it and get into it Um, but when you learn on a responsive yo yo You have to be so smooth um, because otherwise the yo is going to snap back to you in the middle of the trick. Mm. And so, you know, you always had to keep the yo-yo moving. You couldn't just stop, um, you know, especially if you were doing a trick where there was any backspin at all. Um, The yo-yo had to continue moving in that direction. And in order to do that, like it just creates this flow from Mm. one transition to the next transition. And so you can usually tell, if somebody by looking at how they play, <laughs> if they, you know, when they started just based mm. on that a little bit, some people totally break through that though. And, and, um, you know, one of the most recent players that was really doing that, um, was, uh, I think it's Tyler venue, mm. um, art, you know, he, yeah. he really blew my mind when I watched him cause he had that smoothness, mm. um, that blew my mind. And, uh, you know, I mean, another, another good example recently, um, is if you watch Mark Montgomery, um, right now he's like, you know, posting Instagram stories and Mm. he's being pretty innovative in terms (laughs) of like how he's starting to, to break down tricks and stuff. And it's a little jumpy if you watch him right now. Um, in certain ways, because he 's he 's creating, and that 's what creating looks like when you first start doing it. But if you watch for a long time you 'll see the smoothness in the movements um, and a lot of that just comes from all of us learning our responsibility it <laughs> creates the smoothness and flow and that that is something that unless you play responsive or have grown up playing responsive um, you know it 's sometimes hard to develop. Is that, um, but yeah.
0: um, and it, in, in your opinion, like, let's say someone who started off with a Yo-Yo Jam legacy. So I always started off with, you know, a hundred percent unresponsive. And then I went and maybe got myself a, uh, I don't know, like a, an old freehand zero with fresh friction stickers. And I tried to sure. yep. play with that. Do you think that would be something I could learn to develop
1: or is it more or less? <laughs> yeah, totally. I mean, one of the things that's happening is responsive is back in, you know, mm. um, yeah, that's true. You know, one of, um, you know, like, like one drops had huge success with it. Um, Core has had huge success with it with, you know, all there's some lines that are responsive. Um, it's really, it's become a thing people acknowledge is good um, is to be able to play with a slimline yo-yo that snaps back to your hand. Um, So, yeah, I mean, I think it's happening. People acknowledge it and it's fun to play responsive and also fixed fixed axle play. Um, It's the same thing you, in order to do tricks on fixed axle, you have to be smooth. Um, And so it's, it's there. It's uh, it's happening. And I think it's been a really positive contribution to yo-yo is, All this fixed axle esque. Just going back Um, to the roots.
0: Yeah. Anyway, I so sorry I went on a huge tangent, but with yo-yo expert, after after the you know you've created the central repository where people can buy yo-yos, hang out. How did that? What is it like? You know, creating something like that
1: you mean like how does it feel to have created
0: or what is it like creating it um more or less like you've you've created this entire e-commerce store around yo-yos of all things and um like was it i mean i guess you know it, with like a yo-yo company, I can imagine how hard it would be to kind of tap into this smaller market and, you know, try to make a living out of selling yo-yos. And here you are creating this huge retail site. So how much work did it take to kind of get to yo-yo expert to the level it is now?
1: <laughs> um Well, when I first started, like like I mentioned in the beginning too, I was was big into tech, big into computers, big into website building, whatever. It was kind of like a hobby. Um, And at the time, when we first started, my well, coming out of college, I was just starting grad school, and I did a year of grad school. And my wife at the time was just graduating from college. And so we were hitting this point where we were both going to be out of college. And I had done a year, um, in grad school at that time. And I was getting burnt out on school because I had jumped into this master's program. Like I mentioned neuroscience and it was a lot of coursework, but also a lot of research work. And while I liked the research work, um, it wasn't, <laughs> it, it, it was, it was burning me out. I wasn't really having as much fun as I thought I would. and. Certain aspects of it um, were difficult because I didn't have background in the type of research I was doing at the time. Mm. Um, So I had a lot of catching up to do in certain aspects. And so I just I realized that and I was like, oh, like, I just just don't really want to be doing this research stuff right now. So for me, yo-yo was like this great tool to try and procrastinate (laughs) (laughs) working on school. And so like any downtime or any, any, not downtime, but time when I was supposed to be writing research papers or doing research work or whatever, I'd be like, well, I'm just going to like work on the website for a little bit. Cause this is a lot more fun right now, and <laughs> a lot more rewarding. And my wife had gone to school for graphic arts and she was, you know, good at visuals and trying to mm. do things that really made things pop. And so between the two of us, um, we had built websites for lots of friends and people for various things like art, art people on photo people or whatever. So we got gotten pretty good at like figuring out how do you take a website and make it, you know, have an impact. And mm. it just kind of all came together. Um, you know, I had created all the trick videos. I had, um, understood how to teach and we had the ability to pull together a website and you know make it visually dynamic and on top of it um i had you know kind of an interest in the back end programming and stuff hmm. um so the first the first actual implementation of e-commerce was what? hilarious <laughs> um i you know shopping cart systems weren't really a thing yet um in 2008 they were but they were still pretty robust and and kind of convoluted and mm. not many people, you, you know, it was still very new, you know. Mm, yeah. Um I still remember at the at the time, um mm. it just wasn't a winner. Cause like right now a lot of people use very few shopping cart systems and they do all sorts of fancy things and whatever and you know, it just wasn't really there yet. So yeah. I also and they also all look the same too. They're all pretty ugly mm. and it was always really important to me that it looked good mm. right from the get-go. Um, my focus was always on experience first. Um, store, the store was the second part. And actually, when I started Yo-Expert, my goal was not a store. My goal was teaching. And mm. I hoped that instead of selling yo-yos, my initial goal was I wanted to buy video equipment, and film dvds and ideally sell people tutorials that uh, they could learn on and ideally it would pay the player you know for those tutorials and encourage them to develop new tricks to teach that was kind of like my, my big goal mm-hmm. um and the yo-yo like selling yo-yos was more of a way to try and get there and build a skill set and whatever And anyways, yeah. So the first few pages we built were all on a Perl script. It's like a programming language. Okay. Um, like the, I I hard coded in like the name of the product and the price and the Perl, the Perl, the Perl script, like added everything up and shot it to a credit card authorizer. (laughs) And I had like installed my own, you know, SSL certificate. And I, I had done all this custom stuff and like the order came to my email you know, it was all like super, like there was no inventory. Yeah. I'll again, go. there was no, there was no database. It was just like all <laughs> code. Um, but it works, you know, yeah. it worked. Like yeah, people could click and they could buy a yo-yo if they wanted. And so it was a very small, slow start. And then eventually over time, like it, it started working, you know, people would find the site and they'd learn and they would buy a dark magic. And so I found one of the guys who had initially created the Perl script I was using, um a, a component of it, and he had developed a database add-on to it. And so I got that installed and running so I could actually maintain an inventory. Um and so that kind of started working. And then it just continued continued to evolve. I mm. eventually Switched over to a full kind of e-commerce platform, um, but it was still a very customizable one that was able to kind of keep the look on everything. Yeah, and yeah, I mean, the goal—the goal initially was really teaching. Mm. The store was always second, and I kind of got lucky in the sense that I had worked in a store selling products. I always understood the importance of experience, and I always understood the importance of story behind what it is that people are buying. Mm. And I mean, to this day, to me too, it's really important. There's depth to a product. Um, I, you know, and it depth comes in many different ways. I mean, to me, I really love it when a yo-yo has both visual depth, you know, aesthetically, um, but also to the story in the background. Mm. Um, I, I was listening to your podcast that you just did with Jeff. (laughs) um, Jeffrey Payne. And, you know, Jeff understands that better than anybody Yeah, that the story behind the yo-yo is so crucially important, um, to developing like a connection with the person who's buying it. And that's really what you want because you want someone to buy this thing and feel connected and feel that it is special because it is like, it's Mm, a story. (laughs) Yeah. So, you know, that, that all kind of led back into like I, I got that I always understood that it was important to have that story, and between visuals and everything else, we were able to kind of tell that story through YoYo Expert. Um, I think at least when we were doing it, better than better than many people could with websites the way that they were run at the time. So
0: yeah, absolutely. Just an add-on question to that: something I'm I'm curious about, and this might dig into specifics a little bit. But um, what did your shipping like? logistics look like, um, at the early days of your expert.
1: Yeah. Well, you know, when we first started, it's like any small operation I had, a. <laughs> I had like a drawer underneath my desk like in our first apartment um you know with like six dark magics in it and i would sell the six dark magics and restock the six dark magics and sell six more dark magics and restock the six dark magics and you know it was like super small scale yeah um and you know yeah eventually kind of like I, I anything i made i would just put back right back into the the building, the business. I wasn't really living off the business. It was just the the goal was to just continue to build it Mm. again, ideally to buy a really nice video camera. That was, (laughs) that was my goal at the time, you know, um, but again, yeah, it just continued to take off. And so eventually we, we built up enough inventory in our apartment, um, that it was like, okay, well (laughs) not much room, not much room to like live, And have have like this inventory so and we also i at the time my brother um had just graduated high school um and he was like kind of looking for a job and so i was like oh this would be great like and i (laughs) was still in school obviously i was still in school i was actually i was still in grad school and i was also a teaching assistant at grad school um for the psychology department so I would have to go to the school. I was doing 20 hours of TA work every week. Plus I was taking classes and wow. doing research. Yeah. Well, yeah, yeah. I mean, it was all good though. It was all stuff I enjoyed. It wasn't, it wasn't a bad burnout. Um, and I was still, I mean, I think at times I was still working at the toy store even, um, for a little bit of it, I was still doing some of Yo-Yo Jam's customer service stuff too. Um, so moving in lots of directions and everything. So I, I needed help with the shipping part of it anyways. So yeah, so my brother started working for us. And that's when we kind of needed like, okay, need a little bit more room and move to another apartment that had like a separate, you know, area we kind of put everything in. And then we kind of outgrew that as well too. And there was an awesome office space um walking distance from where we were living at the time, uh, which was in Amherst, Massachusetts, which was where we both went to school. And so that was great because I actually didn't have a car either. (laughs) I would have to like I still I still remember I would uh I took the bus into town with packages and like bags and stuff. (laughs) I I would still ship on ship on certain days, like on the weekends and, and whatever. So I'd, I'd trudge through the snow. I remember like carrying <laughs> boxes to the post office and dropping them off and whatever. Um, um so yeah, so, then, so we had an office that was a pretty cool office space there for I think at least five years or so maybe not well, at maybe five, maybe three years. And then we moved to where we are still to this day, um, which is this really cool mill building in East Hampton, um, uh, Massachusetts, and we have a nice big space where we got room for storage and desks and a place to do photos and a place to do video and you know we've got we got what we need for room and shipping and everything. It's awesome. So yeah, we're really thankful. No.
0: the. I was curious because I actually had the good fortune of visiting the Yo-Yo Expert Warehouse. Um, while I was down, this would have been in two thousand and six fifteen. 15. Um, I was staying with Eric Koloski and I attended MA State. Yeah, States I remember
1: that. And I just... So which which one did you visit then? Yeah.
0: Um, I can't remember, it would have been, I can't remember, but it was a very big looking warehouse, as big as yo-yo stuff goes, and I could just look at the entire thing, and I was just like, wow, I mean, yo-yo heaven. What year was it? This was 2015.
1: Oh, okay, yeah, so it was definitely... Um, where we are right now.
0: Yeah. Yep. And it was this huge like warehouse and I was like looking at things. and like, wow, this is what it looks like uh, on the back end of stuff. And I was just remembered it looks so surreal. <laughs> <That's awesome. laughs> um, I, I, I'm, you know, we've just almost gone for two hours. And I think the last question I have for you is, um, what are you doing right now? Like, what are your projects looking like? What is, um, a main priority for you right now. You have a family, you have two businesses. Now you eventually, you know, overtook the A to Z learning store. What is, what, what's a goal for you right now?
1: Um, goal is to keep everything <laughs> running and, and don't burn down around me. Um, but no, I mean, I'm still, still very much, um, all in on yo Um, it's, it's what makes me happy. Like, my true passion is yo-yo and the toy store uh so we are four years now in ownership of the toy store Mm. and you know (laughs) it's funny when you first you know take over another business like that too it was uh there's a lot of a lot of learning and uh it goes up and down too in terms of like okay we got this under control and then like Oh boy, got it still up to learn. Um, and it kind of goes up and down like that too. And mm-hmm. so in the past four years um, and halfway through that, we had our second child. My daughter's almost two. She'll be two this summer. And my son will be six this summer. Uh, yeah, and so, so since- thanks. Yeah, it's great. I mean, being a father is definitely amazing on top of being able to have a business and stuff like that. It's mm-hmm. really neat. Um, but yeah, it's, it, it's uh, challenging. Um, I don't always feel like um, I'm able to keep up with all of the projects that I want to keep moving forward the way I want to keep them moving forward. But I'm also very lucky in the sense that they, they all work well together. So, you know, the toy store, we still teach yo-yo classes three days a week. Um, most recently, like I mentioned earlier, we kind of relaunched, rebooted our trick program. And so I've been like more in-person hands-on teaching at the classes. And mm. that really helps. get get me back to that perspective of what it is like to put a yo-yo in person's hands in person, Mm. um, which gives you information. That's like really important to teaching. And when we, so, you know, when I first started Yo-Yo Expert 2008, um, the internet was a very, very different place and (laughs) it was, you know, much more two dimensional, um, websites were flat and, Um, you know, they were like in the sense that like you would visit and you would click and there was very, you know, you would drill down and stuff like that. And today, um, they're very dynamic and so many different ways. Um, one of them being just like they're dynamic in terms of information, like Mm. you and face Facebook, you like it just always is there. Like it's, you know, you're always scrolling. There's always information. There's always new content, you know, like that was not how websites worked back when I started. And, um, you know, they're also, we look at websites through so many different viewports, um, which, you know, you're looking at a phone, you're looking at an iPad, you're looking at a computer and within all the different phones we use too, they're all different scales. And so everybody's experience with a website is all very, very different. And I've always had a vision for how I wanted people to interact with our website. And one of the difficult things that's happened is because of smartphones and all of this different things, it's very difficult to maintain experience across the platforms and for everybody. Um, and like to have websites load efficiently and fast, but still be dynamic and interesting very difficult balance to maintain. And we relaunched Yoyo Experts website to be, um, you know, kind of compatible with the, it's called responsive design, um, you know, responsive design, meaning that no matter which device you're on, everything reformats itself to be visually mm. um, appropriate for the size of the device that's looking at. So all the images resize, everything jumps around. Like you might have on your computer, you might have an image on the left and text on your right. And on your phone, the image stacks on top of the text. And so it's very hard to tell a story the way you want to tell it. Yeah. Everything's jumping around like that. Mm. And so I struggled with that when we rebooted our website. Um, I think it was about three or four years ago. I think it was about three years ago now um, with the responsive layout. So since we've done that, I learned a lot doing that um, in terms of like responsive design, because it was kind of new to me at the time. And so in the past couple of years, I've really put a lot of energy in thinking how do like, cause I always had a vision for how I wanted your expert to be. Mm. And I really hit that vision. Um, you know, in 2010, 2011, um, I had everything displayed the way I wanted interact the way I wanted. There were always certain things I wanted to do better, um, in terms of like teaching and trick structure and breakdowns that I was never able to do mainly because of technology and stuff at the time. And I think the technology is all here. Um, so I'm very excited because I, I've been working behind the scenes, um, to kind of reboot the site with all those different elements and pull it together. Um, so there is, there is a reboot coming and that has definitely been taking a huge amount of my both mental energy and actual real energy (laughs) (laughs) and and time. Um, and yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm moving in every direction possible between, yeah being a father, two kids and having a toy store. That's awesome. Um, but does take a lot of time and energy because the toy store itself is, is pretty big. Um, we, uh, we have 10 over 10,000 items. We stock, we have 20 categories of toys and within those categories, each category is like, you know, five or six subcategories. And we, uh, you know, we sell arts and crafts and puzzles and science and tech and toddler toys and, you know, baby and books and games. And it's like, I, I I live in lots of different realms and worlds, but they do all bleed into each other. And so, yeah, I mean, right now, uh, jump around, but my main focus in the past year has definitely been yo-yo expert and rebuilding a website. And I, I have some things I'm personally really excited about in terms of teaching, um, that I can't wait to kind of get out there. I had a lot of ideas in my head on how to teach Better through the internet, and I feel like I'm getting close to being able to introduce it and stuff like that. So, yeah, lots of good stuff to come. It
0: sounds super, super exciting. And I, I guess you know, when someone has been teaching for as long as you have, you kind of have this very practical, tried and true approach to getting the um getting the the information and communicating it across in a way that people can absorb it. I suppose. Yeah.
1: Thank you. <laughs> it's, it's the hope. I mean, you know, I'm always a student as well. I'm always learning. Um, and you know, to this day, like tricks, there's always a new trick to learn. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I'm always learning myself and I always try and learn from myself learning. Um, cause m- much like you, um, I am not a fast learner when it comes to tricks. Um, I, I sometimes, and it's one of the reasons I feel like sometimes I'm a better teacher is because I struggle with things quite a bit more than most other people struggle with them and so therefore I know what everyone else will struggle with um, because I struggled with it already for you yeah absolutely <laughs> so therefore I, think I can take those elements
0: yeah <laughs> that, that has been something that has been an odd side effect of my slow learning it's that whenever I um <sighs> If, if for instance, back to that magic drop tutorial, um, I I had to wrestle with that myself and I made every single mistake one could make when trying to do this simple, like two string hit element. So, um, when you've been through it yourself, it's easy to kind of see where other people are going to go wrong. But oh yeah. Andre, it's, it's been an absolute pleasure. Thank you so much for agreeing to jump onto this. And we spoke for almost like two, two and a half hours.
1: Yeah, I'm sorry. No, made, no. And I'm I'm so sorry for like taking this
0: much of your time <laughs> and um uh, you know, oh, no, you're an great. incredibly busy guy. I, uh...
1: No, I you know I love to talk yo-yo and uh, don't always get to do it as much as I want, so it's like a great excuse to be able to talk yo-yo. And you know, much the same to you. I have a lot of respect for you and what you've created. And I, you know, we really what what you do in the world of yo-yo um, adds depth to yo-yo, and like we really need more people doing what you do. um, and in all the realms that you do it in too, because I know like, you know, you do YouTube and you do the reviews. Um, and you know, the podcast I feel like is a really great next step too. Uh And it's just kind of giving, yeah, well, it's giving yo-yo this added again, depth. It's this added interesting underlying levels that shows the culture Mm-hmm. Um, and shows the stories, tells the stories, um, and it's it's making it relatable to people, um, which is just so important because that is something that Yoyoing hasn't always had a lot of people doing enough of. Um, and I think, you know, we're, we're at a great time with the internet where people can connect so easily and so fast 100%. Um, that it, it's, it's never been easier to do that. Um, and so people are stepping up, you know, you're definitely seeing a lot of people kind of starting to fill those gaps. Um, but I think you, you have been a true leader of that and been far in advance of a lot of people doing it. And the fact that you're continuing to do it and then, uh, you know, move into new directions, like with the podcast and stuff. Um, it's great. So thank you. That means
0: a lot to me. Thank you so much for that. Um, but yeah, absolutely. It's been a complete pleasure this entire episode. And, um, I guess if anyone wants to find you on social media, uh, where would they find you or how would they best get in contact <laughs> with you?
1: Yeah. Uh, so I, I still quite often, um, am answering the the direct messages through yo expert. So it's easy to find me. It's at yo-yo expert, whether that's YouTube, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, not that anyone uses Twitter. um, What else is there out there? You know, all the realms. I do have other, like, Andre Goulet accounts, obviously. So you can look me up on Facebook under Andre Goulet, and I'm there. And I do have an Instagram, which is Andre Goulet. It's mostly just random pictures of my kids so far. (laughs) Um, But I might, might eventually turn that into more of a well-rounded yo-yo family focused account.
0: (laughs) Well, it's awesome. I mean, I guess you have to try and like, you know, draw the line somewhere and, you know, post up the family photos.
1: Right, right. Well, yeah, I guess, sure, you're still human, right? Not just a yo-yo machine. Um, Absolutely love this. Thank you so much. It's been an
2: absolute pleasure.